Hello, and welcome to The Advantage Investor, a Raymond James Limited podcast, a podcast that provides perspective for Canadian investors who want to remain knowledgeable, informed, and focused on long-term success. We are recording this on May 11th, 2021. I'm Chris Cooksey from the Raymond James Corporate Communications and Marketing Department. And today we're talking fixed income with Harvey Libby, Vice President Fixed Income and Currencies, including a review of the current fixed income market and the dual threats of inflation and increasing rates. Welcome to the Advantage Investor, Harvey. I miss seeing you in the office, my friend. I hope you and your family are managing through Ontario's lockdown. Yes, we definitely are, Chris. Thank you very much. Perfect. I noticed you didn't say you miss me. Never mind. Um, <laughs> let's jump right in, Harvey. Uh, let's look uh, first at the overall fixed income market, and maybe we can start with the long end or, or, or long term rates. Um, sure. Uh, long term rates right now have uh, definitely increased in the last couple of months. Um, basically, we went from uh, economists on the streets uh, basically saying, you know, there was going to be no changes for the next, uh, you know, two years, basically. And they've, over the last couple of weeks, they've really changed their tune a bit. And uh, they're calling for a little bit of increased rates throughout the curve, uh, not only long bond, but, you know, long bond does, um, you know, hit the news wires a lot. It gets talked about a lot, and it does affect uh, um, rates. Uh, sorry, prices a lot more. So, if a long bond goes up uh, twenty basis points in in price, that affects a lot more than if a uh, two year bond goes up uh, right. twenty basis points. It's insignificant, really, uh, price wise. Um, BOC with their easing, uh, their quantitative uh, easing, which is uh, starting the week of, or did start the week of April 26th, uh, basically what they were doing was purchasing back uh, Bank of Canada bonds all throughout the curve. And now they've lowered that because of the stability in the market. So now they have lowered it to about $3 billion a week from the $4 billion they were buying back. Um, that takes a little bit of liquidity out of the market, um, but still it's a very stable market. It takes uh, 25% uh, off of them uh, buying back and that kind of takes a little bit of stability. So I would expect rates to move up slightly just from that alone. Um, economists are calling for you know, two-year rates to maybe increase by uh, 20 basis or 15 basis points by the end of the year. And by next uh, end of next year, increasing by uh, nearly 50 basis points. Okay. You hear that and you say, you say, wow, that's a big number, 50 basis points. It's not really because if you bought a two-year bond today and held it in a year and a half uh, out to uh, the fourth quarter of 22, um, it's only going to affect it by 25 cents right. because yeah. of the shorter duration. In a year and a half, that two-year bond's going to only going to be six months left, mm -hmm. right? So you do that with all, all the different uh, issues. So a 10-year bond right now is uh, trading at uh, around 1.5%. Um, economists think by the end of this year, it'll, by the end of this year, it'll be around 159 or 1.6%. 1, uh, not a not a big deal price wise, and by the end of uh, 2022, 185 would go to 1.85, which is what a a loss of about a dollar if you buy it today. Right. Thirty year bonds, uh, they've been hit pretty hard lately, so we're up to about 2.13 percent as of uh, right now. Um, they actually think economists are saying that it's going to go down in yield uh, to the end of the year, which uh, they're thinking about two percent. 
um, which is actually an increase in price for around uh, nearly $3. Uh, but they also think are thinking by the end of uh, fourth quarter 22 that that will uh, subside and will be up to about a 222 yield. So from the 213 that it's at now, by the end of uh, 20, 2022, they're thinking it's going to be down around a buck 80 or a dollar uh, 90, something in that neighborhood. Okay. Can I, so you said, you mentioned the Bank of Canada is reducing their QE. So I think you said about 25%. Um, and, and so that, to a simpleton like myself, you know, there's less competition for these bonds. So that, that would mean that, that that's why the increase Correct. potentially on these things. Yeah, but as you good. mentioned, the increase, even though the number overall may seem big, where it's coming from means that it's not all that big in the grand scheme of things. Correct. The okay. bond market is absolutely enormous. Yes. Um, People yeah. always forget that, Harvey, right? It's, like It's way bigger than the equity markets will ever be. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Um, and it's, it's basically um, them taking off a, you know, a billion of what they're purchasing back is not a very big number. So economists still don't think that rates are going to get out of hand. They're going to go up slightly. And that's the stance that uh, we're taking at Raymond James as well. Okay. And is there any, anything we got to be aware of on the short term um, in terms of rates? Um, short term, and I think short term, we could see a little blip in rates just because of inflation. Okay. Everyone's talking about inflation right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's scared of inflation. Um, I think we're going to have a little bit of a uh, spike in inflation, I think. And then once we... Um, um, stuff starts to open a lot uh, more quickly. Stuff starts to go. People start getting back to work. Things start getting normal again. I think inflation will subside. Um, economists also in uh, Canada are thinking that uh, right now, as of March, we're at uh, 2.2% on the CPI, or our inflation rate. Um, economists are viewing by the end of 21 that we're, we're going to be at 2.1%. Okay. 22, 2%, 23, 2.1. It's, it's right in the Bank of Canada's wheelhouse of where they want inflation to be. And that's what the economists think. So I, I don't think inflation is going to be anything, a problem. And I don't think, uh, you know, a, a mere, it, we're not going to see a big spike up in uh, rates and we're not going to see a big spike up in rates in the short term going back to your question. Yeah. And I guess the governments too, I mean, they're not all that thrilled with, with, rates that go up way I mean they owe a lot of money so they want to keep their bill as low as possible um, within the economy as well 100% and what what you see the government's doing too is um, they keep issuing long bonds mm-hmm. so they see the value in the long bond right They'll just keep issuing out there because if they can uh, you know finance for two percent for 30 years they're going to keep doing that and keep uh, putting it off you know, until they have to uh, refinance. And I guess inflation too, we, we've never been in a situation like this, or it's been a long time. I mean, since we've been in a situation like this, then yes, when we reopen, people have maybe some pent up demand to, to make some purchases and all that. But um, that would be relatively a small period of time. I mean, you're not buying six suits a month for the next year or anything like that. Um, you might have to get a new wardrobe because you put on a little COVID weight or, or whatever, but you don't need to buy um, multiple suits over the course of a month, a month after month. 
So inflation, I would think, is sort of a spike up, as you mentioned, and then and then it go a down downward trend. And and there's you know a few things that are affecting inflation right now. You know, you've got price of wood; it's gone insane. Crazy. Oil's gone up dramatically, um, and food, mm-hmm. you know, consumer goods, food has gone up dramatically since COVID. But that stuff should start to subside a bit, anyways. Especially as supply chain too. I imagine there's still some supply chain issues. I mean, they probably fixed a lot of them, but I, I can't imagine they fixed all of them in a year. Um, so in terms of central banks, um, we're starting to hear noises about an increase in rates and that fun stuff. And it, of course, it's been a long time since I think increasing rates has been a possibility. Um, you know, so what are your thoughts and how, 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 how might that affect the marketplace? I'm, I'm just thinking that, you know, rates aren't going to get out of control. Um, I wish they did. Um, <laughs> well, know, that makes your role better. <laughs> it's my role way better. If we're at 10% uh, yields, uh, all the retirees would be happy in the world. I would be, I would be retired <laughs> as well. If I could get 10% on anything uh, on a, uh, you know, provincial bond or something like that. Yeah, I'd definitely be retired. I think there'd be a lot more people retired and a lot more people happy in their retirement for the uh, amount of uh, interest they're getting back. Um, although although if, if central banks uh, did raise it to 10%, oh. then we go back to point two on inflation because then oh, inflation yeah. becomes an issue. <laughs> oh, yeah. It definitely would. <laughs> it definitely would. But, uh, you know, then I started a garden outside. There you go. And I'm all set. Um, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, I think, you know, we're looking at another blip. Um, Rates may keep creeping up higher, but I don't think it's a, uh, I think it's a little bit of a trend. Yes. But uh, is it going to get out of control? No. Um, You know, that, that's why we're like the portfolio that I manage on the desk We're we brought it, you know, we're lower duration than anything else. We're trying to keep, uh, you know, as low as, duration as we can I'm still making enough coupon and that's that's the biggest thing right now is trying to stay long enough that you get a, a good enough coupon but short enough that you're not going to be affected with uh, rates that are going up in a uh, you know slight manner let's say and again similar to inflation even if they go up one percent they're still historically low by all stand standards so we got to remember that part as well yeah, and you um, remember if you buy a two-year like i was saying before if you buy a two or three-year uh bond or gic or whatever you're buying in one year when rates if rates have gone up a little bit you only have two years left like it's 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 going to maturity every year and if it takes two years to, for rates to go up by 50 basis points you only have a year left and right. one-year rates compared to three-year rates at that point. You know, so, it's a difference. So I, I think you started getting into it around your duration in the portfolio and that sort of thing. But um, what I'd be interested in hearing, and obviously um, this is just a general statement and not specific, but, um, you know, if right now you were creating a portfolio around around this type of situation uh you have money you want a fixed income portfolio you harvey as an expert in this field what are you doing well i think you got to look at it specifically for what investor what each investor wants yes basically um i've kind of drilled it down into four different examples i was thinking about this this morning uh when chris and i were talking about this yesterday but um 
For one thing, some people need to be in money market. They have to be in money market. They always want to be in money market. I personally think that's you're losing out on a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially in this market. Money market rates, um, a banker's acceptance for one year out is at 0.25%. That's not very much. Um, That's below inflation, I would say. (laughs) Yes, it definitely is. So yeah, Chris, so I did some math and every six months, if you take that 25 basis points, let's say you add 25 basis to it every six months for three years. At the end of three years, your your BA rate, you'd be reinvesting at 1.5% for that last six months. Okay, that sounds like a great rate. But over the term, over those three years, you actually only got, you you actually only received 0.87%, which is still a low rate under 1%. And you've been, you've been rolling this for three years. And that's an aggressive, an aggressive uh, scenario with rates going up 25 basis points every six months. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, I did it for, let's say, let's go even more aggressive than that start at 25 basis points and go up 50 basis points every six months. Um, You get up to 275 for your last six months, but the average on that is really only 1.49%, which, you know, is a three-year GIC currently is at 1.4%. Right. You know, no risk, you know, you don't have rates don't have to go up. You just sit on it. You know, something like that makes more sense to me. Or if you can take the volatility of something, something like a step up would make sense because a bank step up, banks issue step ups um, out all different terms. But basically the nuts and bolts of a step up are they put they put it out maybe eight years and they will have a call feature after one year. So they can call it, you don't have any rights, but the rate is so much better than what's in the market. Right now, I just did one last, uh, I did one that um, settles actually on Friday and it was a Bank of Montreal step up. Well, it starts at 1.75% for a year. After a year, it goes to 185, the next year 195, the next year 205, 215, 230, 265, 315. Sure. So it's kind of, it's like if rates started to creep up, you're getting compensated for it. Right. Okay? If rates went crazy, they would keep it outstanding and you would have those rates. But yeah. I think of it as a money market alternative. Sure. Use it like that. It is liquid. You can sell it in the market, which is good. Where GICs, you're locked in. You cannot sell them in the market. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one side. If you need to do money market. So there are even, even at the low end, there's options where you can increase your return or position yourself to increase a return, even though that's not the 10% with no risk. Everyone always dreams of. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like you need, you need to look at, you know, your financial advisor will instruct you on what, you know, (laughs) what kind of risk you should be taking, you know, what, what you can tolerate basically. Okay. Um, if you're a retail investor and you want, you know, liquidity and, but you don't have to be in money market all the time, I would buy a one to five year GIC ladder. Mm-hmm. Okay. You buy a one to five year GIC ladder right now, 
the weighted average uh, yield over that five years. So every year you've got a portion of it coming due. Yep. So rates are increasing. You Every year you go and you reinvest to a five-year once it matures. So you've always got a five-year ladder going. That's the safest investment to do for anyone. But you are locked in. Okay? Okay. You're locked in for that one year to get that money back and you're locked in to two, three, four, and five years for the rest of your GICs. But it is a 1.4. You you buy five different GICs going from 0.85 for a one-year GIC posted rates right now to a 193 for a five-year, basically. And that's a blended yields for 1.4. And this is similar concept to dollar cost averaging. Correct. On the equity side. Okay. Yeah, yeah, basically, that's what you're doing. It's the safest, Mm -hmm. safest route to take. Um, if you need full liquidity and you can't buy GICs, um, that's where buy yourself a portfolio of corporate and provincial bonds. It's going to yield a little bit lower than the GICs. Right now, GIC one to five year beats all corporate investment grade bonds or oh, provincial okay. bonds, obviously, because they're, they're rated even higher. But I would do that. I would buy a ladder of five of, of a five year ladder as well but I would buy it in corporate and provincial bonds. And then I would, I would take a portion of that as well and buy a one year, or sorry, an eight year maximum step up to just okay. bump up the yield. Mm-hmm. I would probably take out the one year GIC at 0.85 and buy the, uh, buy the step up in place of that. That's what I would do. Okay. Um, if you, um, um, sorry, I guess there was only actually three different things I would do. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, got, I got this one down, but I wrote it down twice. Um, so th- that would be my my last one I would do, and that would be you know personally what I would be doing would be buying a uh, probably a two to five year GIC ladder um, and a step up, or I'd be buying a two to five year uh, corporate high grade corporate and provincial ladder plus a uh, step up bond. And perfect. And as you mentioned, a lot of this comes down to your own, the personal risk tolerance of the individual and the advice from the advisor and what they're trying to accomplish. So obviously talk to your advisor and they can help you out with this. Um, and um, Harvey speaks with a lot of our advisors every single day. Uh, they they lean on him. And so Harvey is a resource that your advisor has to um, to leverage in these type of situations where markets, where you have to really think and, and look into markets where that success potentially can come from. Well, Harvey, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts with the Advantage Investor listeners today. I look forward to speaking with you again, hopefully seeing you in the office one day, although I know you're up north now and you may never come back. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate you being here. No problem, Chris. Thank you. The Advantage Investor is now on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. So subscribe and please rate the podcast as we move forward towards normal. It's important we continue to heed the advice of experts. Some of our offices are open, some remain closed. Please contact your investment advisor because their virtual office is always open and they'll let you know what uh, what you need to do to contact them either through Zoom or if they have availability within the office, um, they can help you out but please contact your investment advisor. And on behalf of Raymond James and the Advantage Investor Podcast, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen today. Until next time, stay well.
This podcast is for informational purposes only. Statistics and factual data and other information are from sources Raymond James Limited believes to be reliable, but their accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information is furnished on the basis and understanding that Raymond James Limited is to be under no liability whatsoever in respect thereof. It is provided as a general source of information and should not be construed as an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any product and should not be considered tax advice. Raymond James advisors are not tax advisors and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax related matters. Securities related products and services are offered through Raymond James Limited, member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member of Canadian investor protection fund.